If you're interested in learning the value of the true intentions of our hearts, the impact those intentions have on our lives and have on our relationship with God, then you'll want to hear today's episode. We're going to dig into scripture that teaches us how everything we have in this life doesn't really belong to us. It belongs to God and what that means for us and our parenting journey. Hey friends, it's Katie at Covenant Collections here with the second episode of Covenant Conversations. Welcome to our Christian parenting community where genuine faith and family values intertwine to build an unshakable foundation. If you enjoy our content but haven't subscribed yet, please go ahead and do so. We are so happy to have you. Today's episode is going to be called Contents of the Heart, and we'll continue on with another amazing lesson that can be learned from King David and his son Solomon. In 1 Chronicles 29, verse 10 through 19, you'll find King David's prayer. This reads, Then David blessed the Lord in the sight of all the assembly. David said, May you be blessed, Lord God of our father Israel, from eternity to eternity. Yours, Lord, is all the greatness and the power and the glory and the splendor and the majesty, for everything in the heavens and on earth belongs to you. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom, and you are exalted as head over all. Riches and honor come from you, and you are the ruler of everything. Power and might are in your hand, and it is in your hand to make great and to give strength to all. Now therefore, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? For everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your own hand. For we are aliens and temporary residents in your presence, as were all our ancestors. Our days on earth are like a shadow, without hope. For some reason, that kind of reminds me of when you have kids and they buy you something with your own money that you gave them. And of course, you still appreciate it and you love it because they thought of you and they gave something to you, even though they wouldn't have been able to do that if you hadn't provided them the resources to do so. That's kind of this, but on a much, much smaller scale. We would have literally nothing without God. These people in Israel would have had nothing without God. But when given the opportunity to give it back to him, they gave so generously and they did so knowing that it wasn't even their belongings they were giving away. It was God's in the first place. When we give to God, when we tithe, we are just simply giving God back a percentage of his own resources. So let's never lose sight of that. Now really pay attention here to verses 16 through 19. Lord our God, all this wealth that we've provided for building you a house for your holy name comes from your hand. Everything belongs to you. I know, my God, that you test the heart and that you are pleased with what is right. I have willingly given all these things with an upright heart and now I have seen your people who are present here giving joyfully and willingly to you. Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our ancestors, keep this desire forever in the thoughts of the hearts of your people and confirm their hearts toward you. Give my son Solomon an undivided heart to keep and to carry out all of your commands, your decrees, and your statutes to build the building for which I have made provision. 
This prayer and this story in general really show us the importance of giving back to God's kingdom, of praying for our children, of praying for our people. Every single thing we have belongs to God, not to us. And we need to regularly check our hearts with completely honest introspection to make sure we're in alignment. Are we tightly guarding our resources even when we see someone in genuine need? And if so, why? Are we acting out of selfishness or are we acting out of fear that we won't have enough, that God won't provide for us? In either case, we aren't following God's will or his intentions for our lives. He does not give us a spirit of fear. He promises us that he will provide and he asks us to trust in him. I saw someone say this online and I wish I could remember who said it. But they basically reference the prayer where we say, Lord, give us our daily bread. And they said the reason we don't pray for a lifetime of provision, the reason we ask for our daily bread, is because God wants us to rely on him every single day. Imagine he gave us everything we would ever need today. Would we still pray to him as often? Would we still spend as much time developing and strengthening our relationship with him? Most of us can't say we would if we're being entirely honest. And the thing is, whether we do good acts and good deeds or not, God knows the intentions of our hearts. He knows why we're doing it and what we're really doing it for. We could give up every single dollar in our accounts and every single item out of our homes. We could even give it directly in his name. But if we're doing it for the wrong reasons, or if we're doing it and we're wishing we didn't have to, it does not please God. When the people gave to King Solomon so that he'd have the resources to build the Lord's temple, they all did so with a pure, joyful, honest heart. They didn't begrudgingly hand it over while fearing if they'd be able to afford something they really wanted next week. They weren't triple analyzing their budget to scrounge up the smallest amount they could get away with giving God. And this was acknowledged and favored greatly. Tithing is important, and I'm not going to get on a soapbox about that right now, but it is a great practice of just recognizing and reminding ourselves that what we have is God's it's not ours, to release it comfortably and trust that all of our needs will be met with or without it. It opens up your life for so many blessings from God and a closer bond with him. If you're doing it because you hope he rewards you and not because you want to honor him or because you truly believe it's for his kingdom, he knows the true intentions of your heart. You can't hide anything from God. Many times, if we aren't yet in a place to humbly, and let me repeat that, humbly accept our blessings with a pure and gracious heart, God will wait for us to reach that place before he grants our blessings. He is a gracious, giving, and thoughtful father, and he wants to bless us. But you don't reward the spoiled, entitled child, do you? The irresponsible child, the one that will squander everything you hand them. You reward the one that gives selflessly, would do anything for you, is responsible with what they're given, the one who appreciates all you do for them, and the one that you've built a strong relationship with. I think I've made my point. 
Matthew 6 verses 19 through 21 says, Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is a reminder to everyone that this life is short. Don't let hustle culture and earthly goals take your eyes off what matters because it's not going to go with us. You can work every day of your life to put millions in the bank, neglect time with your family, not have time for church and prayer, but when you die, what was that for? Nothing on earth lasts. Nothing on earth is safe from loss. Spend every day of your life instead putting in the work it takes to reach those heavenly treasures, the ones that can endure all things and will last eternally. Where your treasure is, there your heart is also. So what do you value the most? Where does your joy come from? The answers to those questions is where your heart is. And if the answer isn't honestly and truly God, then we have some work to do. For a lot of us, when asked, what do we value the most? The first answer is our family. And while that's not wrong, of course, our family is supposed to be very high on our list. The answer is supposed to be God. God is supposed to be where our joy comes from. He is supposed to be what we value the very most. And it's okay if we have some work to do to get there. You're doing that work because you're here. So I am proud of you and the steps that you're taking do matter. They do not go unnoticed. Just ask God to reveal the true contents of your heart to you and be open to that truth, even if it's hard. Also, if you have your Bible with you or something to jot down a note, check out Proverbs 23. There are quite a few warnings here. Verses 4 through 5 say, Don't wear yourself out to get rich because you know better. Stop. As soon as your eyes fly to it, it disappears, for it makes wings for itself and flies like an eagle to the sky. Verse 12 says, Apply yourself to discipline and listen to words of knowledge. Verses 15 through 19 Say, my son, if your heart is wise, my heart will indeed rejoice. My innermost being will celebrate when your lips say what is right. Don't let your heart envy sinners. Instead, always fear the Lord. For then you will have a future and your hope will not be dashed. Listen, my son, and be wise. Keep your mind on the right course. These are reminders to guard and be mindful of what is in your heart. Don't look around at everything that appears to be perfect or at people who appear to have everything you want. The dream house, the perfect family, a life of apparent ease. The Joneses can't even keep up with the Joneses, right? Scripture warns us not to let our heart envy sinners. So don't look at people who use the ways of the world to thrive in this temporary earthly life and wish you had what they have. Because in truth, what you have is so much better. You have a relationship with the Almighty God. You are blessed beyond measure. You have the gift of eternal life, living in the presence of God with benefits beyond even our best imagination. And there is nothing greater. Even if you can't give your kids all their dream house, you can't take them all on their dream vacation, you can't write them a check for $100,000 the day they graduate high school. 
it doesn't matter. You are giving them a foundation with God and there is no greater gift in this world. And we have the great responsibility and honor of making sure they see it that way as well. Stay the course, stay focused on what matters and keep your eyes on God. True wealth is not how much money or material objects you have. It is your relationship with God. Now, if this is making you feel bad for being successful or having or desiring earthly treasures, please don't. That is not the goal, and that's not correct. This doesn't mean that Christians are called to give it all away and just trust that God's going to make a way tomorrow. It really just means that if it were to all go away tomorrow, you would still have joy because your joy comes from God. And you would still have faith and fulfillment because you didn't find those things within your earthly things. Even with nothing, you would rely on God just the same and appreciate his gifts just as much because what he gives us is so much bigger than what we can earn here. No matter how hard we work to earn whatever we earn, we know that they are God's resources and not our own. If we see a need and a way to use those resources to honor God, we will because our ultimate goal with our resources should be to honor God. If it's required for God's kingdom, we are here to serve God's kingdom. I don't believe by any means that all Christians should live paycheck to paycheck while the worst of the worst worldly people enjoy and use their wealth for awful things every day. One of the best ways for Christians to offset that evil and make an opposite impact in the world that honors God is to have wealth and resources. God gives his children earthly riches many times throughout scripture. The key is not to go without. The key is to trust God with or without and to know at the end of the day that these resources are not our own and they aren't the goal. A relationship with God is the ultimate goal. Maintaining a pure and honest heart is our goal. So now let's look at what happened when God offered Solomon anything at all he wanted. Solomon chose wisdom above any other possible thing he could have asked for. And he did this because in his heart, he was thinking of what he could do to make him a better king for his people and the best possible leader for them. He chose wisdom because the contents of his heart were servantship. This was a king, and when offered anything in the world, he chose something that would allow him to best serve and benefit others. Because God knew he did this truly with pure and honest intentions, he was granted every possible other blessing in addition to his wisdom. He also gained all the earthly riches as a bonus. God gave Solomon earthly riches as well, so again, realize that our God has no problem with his people having access to earthly riches if their heart is pure and if those riches aren't their true desire. If you have a desire to build a stronger foundation for God within your family and bring your children to a positive relationship with him, then visit our website www.covenantcollections.com and claim your free family devotion starter kit. I put this together to take the guesswork of where to start out of this for you. And it provides an exclusive devotional and interactive activity and a discussion prompt that you and your family can work through together, as well as a bonus 10-step guide for raising modern-day children with Christian values. 
I know you'll find it useful and you deserve it for taking the step forward being here today and working for your family's faith. Today, I'm going to ask that we reevaluate our lives and we find an area where our intentions may not be quite right. We might be doing the right thing, but not necessarily for the purest of reasons. We might be giving, but not giving with a joyful and generous heart. Talk to God about it. He already knows. Ask him to reveal the truth of these things to you and help you work through them. This work will be worth more than gold. I promise you. I thank you for listening. Remember to always trust in God's plan, lean on his strength, and allow his wisdom to guide us in raising children who will be a light in this world.